Life is worth a living just because he lived. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gave. But greater still the come assurance this child can face a certain days because he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I And then one day I'll cross the river I'll fight life's fine No war with pain And then as death Gives way to victory Amen I'll see the lights of glory I'll know he lives because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the Let's do that last chorus. Let's do it with no music. We can sing it acapulco. Because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know. Holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for uh, Christ who died, and, and I thank you that we can rely upon him, and, and there's no other uh, ground that we can stand on but him. Uh, uh, but I pray that you bless the service now and, uh, and bless uh, the singing and, and the choir and pastor. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you can remain uh, rested upon your feet, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 472. Hymn 472. Because he lives, he gives us the ability to follow on. Amen. Hymn 472. Sing along. Down in the valley of the Savior I would go. 
where the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow, follow on, walking in his footsteps till the crown be won. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus anywhere, everywhere, I would follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Down in the valley with my Savior I would go. Where the storms are sweeping and the dark waters flow. With his hand to lead me, I will never, never fear. Danger cannot fright me if the Lord is near. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I would follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Down in the valley or upon the mountain steep, close beside my Savior would my soul ever keep. He will lead me safely in the path that he just trod, up to where they gather on the hill of God. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus anywhere, everywhere, I will follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Amen. You may be seated.
Amen. You know, I'm looking forward to the day we say goodbye to this place. Amen. It'll not be too soon for me, but until we do, we just need to trust and obey. Amen. Hymn number 391. As we stand, if you would please, 391, trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toll he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We're going to do this last verse, but do this last verse with a smile because you can't be happy in Jesus if you don't trust and obey. Amen? Let's do this last verse with a smile. Here we go. Uh, then in fellowship sweet. We will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says he will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Amen. Be seated. You're glad to be here. Say amen. Amen. I'm thankful that you're here today. Listen, I'm looking for a good time in the Lord's house. Amen. Uh, uh, how many of you have your bulletin? 
Okay, good, good, good. want to make sure everybody has your bulletin this morning. If you notice, it's changed again. Uh, there's a lot of information in there. And uh, so uh, please read it so that that way you will know everything that's going on. Uh, please, uh, men, do not forget men's prayer breakfast at uh, 8.30 this coming Saturday. Uh, be here ready to go uh, along with the work day and soul winning. Then we're going to back up. Uh, for the ladies' uh, uh, Bible study, Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, all right? Everything else, there's a calendar out here for the month of November. Uh, it has all the details on that. Uh, it has also everything that's in our bulletin uh, is on the bulletin board as well. But uh, we just want to make sure that we use this time wisely. And, the, you know, sometimes when God tells you something, you need to listen. Well, excuse me. When God tells you something, you need to listen. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me rephrase that, amen? Not sometimes, but all the time, amen? Uh, so if you want to, please read your bulletin, and uh, you'll know everything that's going on. If you do not uh, have one, pick one up. The ushers will give you one. Uh, if, if visitors, Brother Marcos, again, we're, he's out one more Sunday, so y'all pray for he and Miss Eva. Uh, looking forward to him being back, but keep him in your prayers but uh, I want to take this opportunity to say uh, welcome all of our guests today. Amen. Uh, thank you for coming. If yes. you're here this morning and you did not receive a visitor's card, I, 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 please, if you'll raise your hand so our ushers can get you a visitor's card, we'd please like for you to fill one. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And the guy that's giving you the visitor's card, $50 bill right after service, he'll, he'll make sure there's one with that. Uh, so, uh, but if you will please turn that in out here at our welcome uh, desk, they will give you a, a bag that has all kinds of things in it about the church, and they'll swap that for you uh, for the, the visitor's card. Also, make sure you have your faith promise. Next Sunday, we begin our, our new uh, fiscal year, if you will, for faith promise giving. Uh, our goal this year, I'll go ahead and let you know, our goal is $1,950 a week. Amen. And that's up. Amen. Uh, you say, man, how are we going to do that? God's good. You know, listen, that's why you call it faith promise, because God's going to do it. Amen. And no, really, God's going to do it. Amen. I don't know how we did it this year, but we went over $100,000 in in faith promise missions this year and i'm and i'm thankful for that amen uh, but only we're only able to do that as you are obedient to the the spirit of god in your heart and in your life so let me encourage you you please uh, continue to give god will bless and honor a mission-minded church always and so let me encourage you and by the way don't take it out of your tithe to put it in the missions. Right, 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 right. Because it ceases to be a tithe and it ceases to be faith promise. Yes, yes. So uh, don't, don't cut off your nose, bite your face, amen. Uh, but you give as unto the Lord, and I, I know that God will bless you because he said, prove me now herewith, amen. Uh, no, almost like a, a Texas thing, like saying, I dare you. Try me, and uh, God will take care of you. Well, let's have a good offering this morning. And uh, may God bless you as you give. Dear Father, we're thankful for this day. And thank you again for uh, the, the spirit of God that's in this place. Lord, may we allow you to speak to our hearts today. Uh, Lord, and may we start our worship right now, Lord, in, in giving. God, our giving to you is, is a part of worship. And so, Lord, help us to open our hearts, open our hands, 
and open our pocketbooks today, Lord, as we give. Lord, not because of any other reason except, Lord, because you asked us to do that. So I pray, God, that you'd please speak to our hearts. Bless this offering. Bless the gift in the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You have an offering. You please come. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 414, hymn 414, hymn 414, hymn 414. If you're a born-again child of God, you know that this world is not your home. Amen. And afterwards, please greet each other. Afterwards, please greet each other. Uh, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? Just beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, they're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know He'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven is not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I have a loving Savior up in glory land. I don't expect to stop until I'm with his stand. He's waiting now for me in heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven is not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore just up in glory land we'll live eternally every hand a shouting victory their songs of sweetest praise drift back from heaven's shore and i can't 
still at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open shore, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. Fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for junior church. Fifth grade and under, now dismissed for junior church. Everyone else, please greet each other. and you just get in a rut. Every once you got it, you got to throw something extra in. Amen. Amen. I walked by the tomb of Buddha, looked inside, Precious Lamb, God's own begotten, was no longer in that grave. If you knew Him like I know Him, you would know that He's alive. If you felt Him like I You would know. 
Amen. Amen. Judges chapter 17. I was telling Brother Shelton a few minutes ago, I said, do you ever have an uh-oh or an oops kind of thing or, like, or an oh-no in your day? Okay, good. I'm just checking. I was doing my devotion yesterday morning and, and my study, and I, and I was reading through the chapter 17 of the book of Judges, and I'd, I'd had my message already sitting over here. I was about to get ready, start reading, reading that, and, and, uh, and, and I realized that the Lord was going, no, and I went, oh, man. And so I began to study about the message that the Lord laid on my heart about for today. But the, the message that I laid aside, uh, I, I think it's going to piggyback right off of this one. And, uh, but, you know, sometimes the Lord has a progression of things. And I believe that uh, this here in, in Judges chapter 17 will lead us right into that. So uh, you don't want to miss anything. If you miss something in the middle or the end, you're going to miss out on all the, uh, you're going to miss out on something that maybe the Lord's helping you with. So. Uh, so please let me encourage you, don't miss, these, uh, don't miss any Sunday, but for certain, don't miss the next few, okay? Found your place in, in Judges 17, say amen. amen. It says, and there was a man of, of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said unto his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou cursest, and spakest of also in mine ears, behold, the silver's with me, I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. You see what's going on? He just, he just admitted to uh, stealing from his mother. Two things bad. He stole and one, you know, he dishonored his mother. Uh, and then his mama blessed him as a result of it. Now listen, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, if I took something, not only from someone else, but if I took something from my daddy, son, it was a, it was a bad day in Mudville. Amen. Um, verse 3, And when he had restored the 1,100 shekels of silver uh, to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image now therefore I will restore it unto thee yet he restored the money uh, unto his mother and his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the founder who made thereof a graven image and a molten image and they were in the house of Micah and the man Micah had an house of gods and made an ephod and a teraphim and consecrated one of his sons who became the priest in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And there was a young man out of Bethlehem, Judah, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he sojourned there. And the man departed out of the city from Bethlehem, Judah, to sojourn where he could find a place. And he came to Mount Ephraim to the house of Micah as he sojourned, or as he, as he journeyed. And Micah said unto him, Whence comest thou? And he said, Unto him I am a Levite of Bethlehem, Judah, and I go to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said unto him, Dwell with me, and be unto me a father and a priest, and I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the year, a suit of apparel, and thy victuals. So the Levite went in, and the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man was unto him as one of his sons. 
And Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and was in the house of Micah. Then said Micah, Now know I that the Lord will do good, or will do me good, seeing I have a Levite to my priest. Father, help us. Lord, I pray that God that you'd help me to uh, preach the message this morning that you've laid upon my heart. Lord, if I, I pray that you help me not to rush, Lord, but just uh, preach it, Lord. And if I don't finish, God, then we'll pick up next week where we leave off. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'd please speak to our hearts and help me, God, to stay out of your way. And help me, Lord, to be used of the Spirit of God today. And, and Lord, I pray that, Lord, during the invitation, God, most of all, for anybody here that's lost, I pray, God, that they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, for someone who's here that perhaps it's not been obedient to, not living for you like they should, I pray, God, that they will come too. So, Lord, help us today to just listen to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit of God. Be obedient to your word. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, over the last few or several weeks, I've been reading through the Old Testament again, and when I, you know, when I began to read and we're studying about Moses. You know, Moses was a strong leader used of God. And, and then after Moses died, Joshua came on the scene. And, and then after Joshua, you find we move into the period of Judges. And, and um, you know, when you come to Judges, uh, there's some godly judges that did their best to lead. And, but there was really no strong leader as Moses and Joshua uh, during the time of the Judges. And and uh, the Bible says through all through Judges, and they did that which was right in their own eyes. And, and then when you move into chapter 17 through chapter 21, uh, you find that the events described uh, in the period of Judges, probably before the 40-year rule of the Philistines, uh, that God has uh, ordained or that he has put in place three major areas uh, are three institutions in society. One was the home, uh, the human government, and also worship. And, and, but we see when we come to Judges 17 that things are falling apart in all three of these areas. And the first thing that I want you to see is in verses 1 through 6, and that's there's confusion in the home. Think about that. Boy, we live in a day, folks, that there is confusion in the home. A lot of it, a confusion in the home. And we're, uh, you see, under Israel, under the Old Testament, or the, under the Old Covenant, and the church under the New Covenant, the first of these if, in, in both time and significance is the home, which God instituted. And because we understand that the home is the basis for society. Because when God wedded Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, watch, he laid the foundation for the social institutions uh, of hum- that humanity uh, would build. And listen, how would you like, I got to thinking about that, how would you like to have God uh, be the presider over your wedding? I'm telling you, think about it. I mean, God uh, put Adam and Eve together. Well, wait a minute. Uh, isn't he the presider over every wedding that, that, that when people get married? He ought to be. Amen. I mean, uh, uh, sometimes we think, well, if God would have done that, it would have really put a lot of emphasis. No, wait a minute. He did do that. He, he instituted the home. He instituted marriage. And, and yet people today in, enter marriages, they enter lightly, and they all seem to, or, or a lot of them seem to have a, a, an escape clause. 
but here's God with Adam and Eve. He presides over the wedding and and he begins the, the foundation again for the social institutions humanity would build. And, and when that foundation crumbles, watch, the home, society, will also begin to fall apart. Listen, uh, if the family becomes morally corrupt, listen, so goes society and the government. If, are y'all here? Say amen. amen. If the church becomes morally corrupt, so does society and the government. And if government becomes morally corrupt, watch, the way we relate to one another becomes unjust. Yeah. You see, Psalm chapter 11 and verse uh, uh, 3, it says, If the foundations be destroyed, uh, what can the righteous do? In other words, if the family disintegrates, if, if the worshiping community becomes morally corrupt and uh, and, and begins to decay, if the government and, and its laws become unjust and immoral, then what can the righteous do? Well, folks, listen, this is a picture of what happened to the Israelites during the period of the judges. The whole nation of Israel had become morally corrupt, and corruption was rampant throughout the family, it was rampant throughout the priesthood, and it was rampant throughout the government. Listen, one family is used here in, in uh, Judges chapter 18 to paint a picture of just how morally corrupt the family and worship of that day had become. And folks, I'm, I don't think I need to tell you today how that worship uh, has become big business today. Yeah, me and, and when Brother Elias and I went to this uh, church expo the other day, and uh, listen, I'm telling you, I learned really quick that church is big business. Uh, it really makes you think about things when you go into places like that, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I want you to notice verse 1 where we see the family breakdown, and which is seen in Micah and his mother. In verse 1 it says we're introduced to a man from Ephraim. Again, his name is Micah. His name means who is like Jehovah. But I, I'm here to let you know Micah was nowhere close to, uh, to living in a way that honored God. Micah had a family, if you look in verse 5. But nothing is said about his wife. And we get the impression when you read that his mother lived with him. And, and she's a wealthy individual. And, so, and, and we see that Michael and his family demonstrate to us the moral collapse of the families. Now, when you look back in verse 2, notice what's taking place. Somebody has stole 1,100 shekels of silver from the mother. And so when she finds out that someone stole it, she pronounced a curse on the thief. Well, all the time that she is, well, don't let me, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, when she pronounced this curse on the thief, she didn't realize that she was pronouncing the curse on her son. Now, 1,100 shekels is a lot of money. And I'll give you an example of how much that is. Ten shekels or ten pieces of silver were a yearly wage for a person during that day. So the silver stolen would have amounted to about 111 years of earning for a person of that day. Basically a small fortune. In fact, this could have been the inheritance that, uh, that Micah was, or that this young man was supposed to receive. Now whatever the case, he, he coveted first his mother's silver, then he stole it, and then he lied about it. And when he lied about it and his mother pronounced this curse, listen, he's standing there perhaps because he hears it and, and he hears his mother placing a curse on the thief. And, and so guess what he does? 
He fesses up. I mean, he's, listen, I'm telling you, he says, oh, wait, I, I stole it. Here it is. I mean, you may be thinking, well, that's a good thing that, uh, you know, he gave it back. Well, wait a minute, look a little closer. Notice why he gave it back. Uh, it, it was the fear of the curse that was his motivation. It wasn't the fear of God that motivated him. It was the fear of the curse that his mother placed on the thief. And listen, if folks, we've got this all backwards today. We get so scared of things that are around us today, and we make all these kinds of changes in our life, but we do that for fear of man, and we never do it in fear of Almighty God. We see this is happening. Micah, he comes and he confesses. He returns the money. And then notice again what happened. I've already mentioned this. Notice that mom says, blessed be thou of the Lord. I mean, she neutralized the curse instead of correcting him. She not only blesses him, but she, but, but she dedicates the money to the Lord. All of it. Now, folks, listen, when, when growing up, and even my own kids, now there's times when it deserves a good whooping, and there's times that, that it, you can handle it in a different way. Come on, moms and dads, y'all say amen. amen. But I'm telling you, I, I remember, and I've told this story, when we lived in San Angelo, dad was pastoring Bowie Street Baptist Church uh, on, uh, on 38th Street in San Angelo, Texas, and there was a little store behind the church. And, you know, I got to be friends with the owners, and they were good people. They were the ones that always gave me the baloney ends. I'd go over there, and they'd say, hey, I still remember his name. Mr. Deering was his name. Well, one day I went over and, and uh, you know, and I, I did something I wasn't supposed to be doing. I, I went in, I snuck, and I stole about three pieces of the bubble gum. Yep, they had one of the glass things that you slide open, you know, and the Deerings were used to me coming in and all those kinds of things. Well, I went home, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I, I'm smacking on one piece of gum. You know, back then, a, a one-penny piece of gum was still pretty big, not like now. Man, I'm smacking on that, and I pull another one out of my pocket, and I pull it, and it unravels, and I stick that one in my mouth, and my dad walks up, and you know what he says? Where'd you get that? Well, now I'm in a dilemma. I can either lie to him and tell him I bought it, and then him find out I lied and be, you know, really bad trouble, or I confess up and tell the truth and just see what happens. Yeah, well, I fessed up, and I told him what happened. And he says, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back to the store, and you're going you're to take these, and he took three pennies out of his pocket, and he said, you're going to go pay for that, and, and you're going to go apologize to the Deerings for stealing that gum. And I'm thinking, First thing I'm thinking is, man, I'm embarrassed. Yep. So I went back. But I'm thinking also, you follow me so far? Yeah, I'm thinking, man, uh, it's not going to turn out as bad as I thought. So I go back, I, got, I make everything right with the deerings, and I paid them and all this stuff, you know, and then I come back home and, and my dad's standing in the carport, you know, there's a, but there's the church, the carport in our house. He's standing in the carport, and he says, okay, 
Go get in your room. You know what he didn't do? He did not say, Blessed be thou, my Lord. No, that didn't happen. Um, but that's what this mother does. She didn't correct her, her son. Parents, I want to encourage you. Um, if, it, if, if your children do things that need to be corrected, correct them. Come on, say amen. amen. Yeah, correct them. Uh, do it in a godly manner, though. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in homes today and parents treating their children in ways that, that is not godly correction. Yeah. Uh, but this mother didn't do that. Uh, she uh, neutralized the curse and uh, she blesses him and, and she, again, dedicates the money to the Lord. You look at it. The silver... Notice was to be used to make a carved image and a cast idol for her son. But she dedicates it to God. But when that time came, watch, instead of using all the money for this image, notice what she does. She, uh, she gave 200 pieces of silver to him. Wait a minute. What happened, to, what happened to the rest of it? She kept it. I mean, she didn't do with it what she said. She just kept it. Listen. One thing that I've found in years, and you know this, money changes people. Listen, you watch it today, and you've said these, I've heard you men say this, listen, just follow the money. If you want to find out where the, the corruption lies, just follow the money. Well, listen, this is what happened in here. I mean, uh, she keeps it. Listen, have you ever, look at this, what's going on. Have you ever seen a family more spiritually and morally confused than this family? Listen, they have managed to break almost all ten commandments right here, yet they don't feel the least bit guilty about it before God. In fact, they thought they were serving the Lord by what they did. So Micah, watch, he builds a shrine and ordained his own son to serve as a priest. Now surely Micah knew that the Lord had appointed the family of Aaron, think about this, to be the only priest in Israel. And in anybody outside of Aaron's family, if they served as priests, they were supposed to be killed. But you read what they did. In fact, if you look in verse 6 of chapter 17, right at the end it says, But every man did that which was right in their own eyes. Um, I was reading something the other day, or just yesterday, in fact. Uh, we're talking about how God instituted the home. He instituted worship. And he instituted government. And God says, this is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he said, this is the way to do it. Well, the mom and, and son, they've already uh, dishonored the home. Uh, and now they're dishonoring the office of priest, worship. I was reading some yesterday where there's a uh, church out in California who's in trouble. It happens to be a Southern Baptist church, and, uh, but they're in trouble because they ordained already three women as pastors. And now the new pastor, they got her official title is teacher pastor. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, 
God has ordained that men be in position of leadership. Now, now, before, ladies, don't, don't run off and leave me here, okay? Uh, churches can't survive without ladies being in positions. I'm telling you, you can't do it. Our ladies are important. Come on, men, say amen. amen. Yeah, in, in, in God's ordained uh, uh, line of leadership. But God said for the pastor to be the husband of one wife, one female lady. It's a shame you have to define all that these days. Um, and you know what's happened? We've redefined things so that we can make them fit our philosophies. Yeah. And, and the first thing I thought was, well, their problems didn't start here. It started way back. Listen, when they begin to compromise in this area a little bit, and this area a little bit, and, and this area a little bit, you know what happened? Listen, then they've come so far that it's only a, a, a small little step to compromise the office of a pastor. Listen, uh, you know, God, when he instituted worship, he said, listen, this is the way you do it right here. This is it. This is the way I put together even the home and, and even government. God said, this is the way you do it. And so then he, he, he took the home and he put it right here beside worship and, and things were going good and people were doing the way God, God wanted them. And then all of a sudden the Bible says, watch it, we get to the book of Judges and it says they did that which was right in their own eyes. In other words, they said, listen, God, you know, I know this is what you said, but, you know, we, wanna, we really want to try to include everybody. We want to make everybody happy. We don't want to preach on things that are offensive anymore. We can't preach on hell and, and we can't leave out our ladies, you know, so we got to make them co-equal. Wait a minute. God said, this is the way you do it right here. And man said, okay, for a while. And then they said, you know what? It won't be so bad. And so they moved over. The world's over here and 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 the, the, the people have said in all three of these institutions, they said, you know what? If we're going to reach them, we can't, be so, we can't be so strict. We can't have all these rules. I mean, you Baptists, I'm telling you, y'all are the most hardcore people on the face of the planet. So, you know what, I know our name is such and such Baptist church, you know, and, but, you know, the name Baptist, it scares a lot of people. So we're just going to call it the first church of the rainbow. Because we got to reach the world. I mean, you know what, folks, listen, if you haven't noticed, the world hasn't stayed here. And the church says, oh, wait a minute. Man, we can't do this. We're talking about Micah, how he's corrupted. Listen, they've corrupted the home. Isn't it? Didn't the home start out right here too with Adam and Eve? And God said, do it this way. And you can eat of every tree of the garden. But if you eat this one, you'll surely die. And Adam says, well, you know. That don't look so bad. Eve, you know, and Eve gets it and gives it to him and he eats it. 
And you know what they did? They moved. And the church has moved with them. And then the world moved a little further. And so the, the church says, well, you know, uh, you know, if we're going to do this, we've got to change some things. Maybe our, our music has to change. You know, that King James Bible is archaic. Tell me, I can't hardly understand it. It's written on an eighth grade level. I just can't quite get it. I would never say that. You know why? I want the people to at least understand I've got a little better than an eighth grade education. But, you know, I mean, so the world says, And the church says, well, you know what, preacher? You know, if they're having that such hard time about that, about their, their Bible and, and their music. You follow me? And I'm telling you, we're so far out there today. If we were to get a glimpse of what God intended for the church to look like, it'd scare all of us, myself included. But we've moved. And Micah here, uh, he corrupts the priesthood. He does that which was right in his own eyes. Um, I mean, in this passage we see how people's concept of God had gotten corrupted. Look in verse 6. Micah and his mother, they lived a self-centered, secular life. They, They did as they saw fit. I mean, whatever seemed right to them. And throughout that history, throughout that society, individuals and families, uh, listen, they, they did their own thing. Are we not seeing that today? Yep. Yeah. And without any regard whatsoever to God, people went about their daily affairs doing what they wanted when they wanted. It was a day of loose morals. It was a day of decay, a day of degeneration, a day of decline. The Lord and his commandments were the furthest thing from the minds of the people. And we see it right here in chapter 17. Or chapter 17. Listen, it, 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 look in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. I mean, they're just out there freewheeling it. You, you get me? I mean, you see what they're doing? I'm talking about Micah and his mother. and uh, I mean, they're just, they're just kind of... They're just having church their way. Yeah. Right? But we, we ought to be like Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 says. It says, In the year that the king, that king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting on a throne, low and falling down. That's the way most people want to see him. They want to see him sitting right down here. Listen, they want the world is so far over here that most people today want to see, see God just sitting right here beside them and thinking, yeah, man, you're my buddy, you're my pal. Look what we're doing, man. People are just following us. They're just flocking to us. But, but on their standard. But no, look, it says, Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on the throne. That's where he ought to stay. Even in your life and in my life, he ought to stay on the throne. 
God's not our buddy. He's not our pal. He is a, 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 an almighty, sovereign God today. Listen, he, and we ought to put him on a throne and leave him there. Listen, we ought not to draw him down to our standard today, but we ought to try to do our best to live up to him. Be holy, for he is holy. Now, this is the view of God that we need to see. It's Jehovah God that we ought to desire to know, just as he is. And that's a whole new sermon. I'm, I, the Lord's uh, talk, I've been reading in First John chapter 4, I think it is in verse 17, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Man, just chew on that a little bit. Listen, I want you to understand something. We ought to leave God where he's at. We ought to pray and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to convict our hearts about what we ought to do in the matters that we face today in our society. Listen, God still has the answers today. It's, listen, and if... I had somebody ask me again the other day. I, I know voting season is up. And they said, listen, preacher. They said, uh, 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 who are you going to vote for? They said, we know you're Republican. And I said, I am not. I am a born-again child of Almighty God. And I'll tell you who I'm going to vote for. Whoever stands closest to the word of Almighty God. That's pretty simple. Uh, I let God be my authority. He tells me what to do and how to do it. Um, so we ought to talk to the Holy Spirit of God on a daily basis and ask Him what and how we to do things. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, it says, And He said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Well, we don't want to deny ourselves. We want to move right on off over here to where, where the world is. Wherever the world goes, you know, that's where we want to go. Uh, you know, we, we have a hard time telling the flesh no. Say, how do you know? Well, I've seen a bunch of you eating donuts this morning. <laughs> yeah, man, now you say, man, you're meddling now. I know. Take up your cross daily, the Lord says. Follow me. Romans 8, 13, it says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price? Listen, we're not our own. We can't do things as we choose, just like... Just like this young man and his mother, listen, they, they wanted to have church, but they wanted to have it, have it up their way. You can't serve God and mammon. You have to choose. Yep. Galatians 5, 24, it says, And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Listen, we, today, our homes, the, the, the home as defined by God is so confused, but listen, if they just go back to the authority on the home, there'll be no confusion whatsoever. There was confusion in the ministry. Look in verses 7 through 13. Uh, God not only established the home, but he instituted spiritual leadership as well. Under the old covenant, the tabernacle, and then the temple were the center of the community and the 
uh, Aaronic priesthood supervised both of them. Under the new covenant, watch, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the temple of God. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about you and me. We're the temple of God, but this building, listen, this is just a building where we meet, but the people are the church. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. The Holy Spirit calls and equips ministers to serve Him and His people. Um, you can read in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, chapter 12 through chapter 14 and read those. But in God's Word, God told the Old Testament priests that they were supposed to, what they were supposed to do, how they were supposed to do it. And in His Word today, the Holy Spirit guides us. Um, Listen, if I wanted to do what I wanted, I wouldn't be preaching this. Not today. Uh, listen, and I encourage please pray for me. I need you to pray for me that I do what God wants me to do. It's not, listen, uh, let, let me challenge you here. It's not, you know, I've had people say, well, Pastor, we know it. You're aware of the highway. No, wait, no, no, no. That's not it at all. If it's that way, listen, then I'm in the wrong. Listen, you ought to pray for me that God would give me direction for Central Park Baptist Church and that I will be uh, receptive to His leading. It's when we get in the flesh and we make decisions and we mess up. This Micah's doing it. I mean, he, he calls this young man... And, and he says, you just come be my priest. He say, what? his name is Jonathan, by the way. You say, how do you know that? Well, look in chapter 18 and verse 30. He's a young Levite priest. He'd been living in Bethlehem of Judah. By the way, which was not one of the cities that was assigned to the priests and the Levites. And he's probably where he is because the people of Israel were not supporting the tabernacle and, and its ministry with their tithes and offerings as God had commanded them to do. Okay? Now keep in mind that one of the moral corruptions of that day was greed, covetousness. And this young Levite uh, or preacher or minister, he, he wasn't being taken care of financially. And so, why, here's a question, so why live in one of the Levitical cities if you're going to starve? Now, that's a good question. But you see what he's done. He starts relying on himself and not on God to take care of him. You ever been in lean times? You ever been in places where there's more month than there is money? Yep. You ever been in places where you have to rob from Peter to pay Paul? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When me and my wife took our first church in, in Pampa, Texas, Fellowship Baptist Church, and we knew God had called us there. It was a small church. They were running about 30, 40 maybe, something like what Central Park was running when I came. And when we went, um, they said, well, preacher... Um, we can't pay you what you're making. And my wife was babysitting. And, well, you know, when you move 45 miles away, guess what? Well, that goes. 
but she and I both knew that's where God called us. And we moved into this parsonage, 900 square feet, three bedroom. Yeah. You could stand in one of the girls' bedrooms and I could do this myself and put my hand on one wall and almost stick my hand on the other wall. But it's three bedroom. Yeah. Um, and we, we began to go to work. You say, what would you do about the money? I trusted God for it. And I'm not saying that bragging on me. I'm saying that bragging on God. Amen. Yeah. Um, I remember that I, I slept in my office on the floor. I, at first I started sleeping on this bench they had in there, but it was an outdoor bench and it had straps in it on, for the cushions. They were about this wide and they were about this far apart. And there was three cushions, two straps to a cushion. And I told my wife, I said, listen, I'm going to stay and I'm, so I can get up in the morning. I'm, I'm going to go do some visiting and knock on some doors. So I said, I'm just going to stay here. Listen, one of the worst place, one of the spookiest places you can spend the night is in the church. Oh, yeah, this place creaks and groans and makes noises. And I slept in that office right by the front door. Uh, after about an hour of wrestling with those straps, I stuck the, the, uh, the cushions on the floor, and I slept. And the next day I went out and I visited. And God began to bless. And the church began to grow. And then after about three months, we had a big backdoor revival. Now, wait, you didn't listen to me. I said backdoor revival. Yeah, in other words, a whole bunch of folks left. Yeah. Yeah. And we started again. Um, but you know, uh, you say, did, did you, was it just difficult? Oh, oh, absolutely. Now what? Hang with me. But you know what? We never went hungry. Our bills was always paid. How did you do it? I didn't do it. God did it. He took care of me. But we're not seeing this here. Um. This young man, Jonathan, he left the place that God called him to. And he began to rely on his own strength. Um, and he began to do the things that he wanted to do. Listen, when God's people grow indifferent, watch to spiritual things, one of the first evidences of their apathy is a decline or a stop in their giving to God's work. And when that happens, everybody suffers. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, I had people call me, tell me that, man, preach, we're not coming back. I remember our offering one day was uh, about $755. About half of that was cash. We had it put up in a room upstairs in the offices. And me and one of the men came back uh, that evening for church and we went upstairs and somebody had gotten into the church and stole our offering. Left the check, stole the cash. What'd you do? We just stopped and prayed and say, Lord, it's been pretty tight. But you know what happened? God took care of us. Yeah. Uh, we had people that quit giving. You say, what happened? God took care of us. God paid the bills and God took care of things. Amen. Listen, um, when people stop giving, 
Everybody suffers. Yeah. You say, well, why are you preaching on that now? Well, I'm, offerings are good. It's best to preach on things like this when everything's going good. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. But listen, don't stop. Amen. You see, if there's one thing that I've learned in, in almost 40 years of ministry is that if you talk to God, um, he'll tell you what to do. Amen. Yeah. He said, acknowledge him in all your ways. Yes, he'll direct your path. Well, this Jonathan that you read over here in chapter 18 and verse 30, and I've got to stop. He didn't do that. Had Jonathan stayed where he was supposed to be, he could have done something to help bring the people back to God. You say, yeah, but he's only one man. That's all God needs. Just one. Um, I mean, one person can make a big difference. In the hands of God, one person can make a difference. Listen, how'd you get saved? One person. Yeah, one person. Uh, but Jonathan left. Listen, you can make a difference in the lives of people if you give yourself to God. We live in a day where the home is corrupt, the home is confused. Uh, ministry, uh, and I've got to stop. Ministry has been so corrupted. People are in it to, uh, for the money. They're no longer in it uh, because that's what God called them to do. You say, would you do it with, without a paycheck? I have. Yeah, here. But you know what? I'm still here. And God's still good. People are still getting saved. Amen. The church is still growing. We had three families join just last month. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, you know what that is? That is if you'll just stay where God puts you. Listen, there's no telling what God will do through you if you let him use you. Amen. Oh, Jonathan and... And this mother and her son, I'm telling you, they are so far outside the will of God. And bad things are happening as a result. But I can't tell you today. You'll go have to read. But I want you to come back. But while you're here, can I, can I encourage you? Listen, if this is where God wants you, right here, where God started you out, by all, listen, I beg you this morning, go back. Leave the world over there. Throw them a lifeline. We sing that song, throw out the lifeline, roll out the lifeline. You remember that old song? If you don't, it's in the hymnal, look it up. Listen, the only way you can help somebody is if you stay close to God. Yeah. Uh, don't let the devil use you. Man, the devil's got the Israelites and and the Benjamites and all these other listen, I'm telling you, Micah, his mother, and, and Jonathan, they are they have missed it completely. But God can use one man. One man in the hands of God can change the world. You believe that? Oh, I do. Listen, will you be that person? then we've got to come to that place where we say, okay, Lord, here am I. 
Use me. Where are you today? Why'd you come this morning? Did you come because that's just what you do? Did you come because, well, it's Sunday. You're supposed to go to church on Sunday. No, I know, but there's got to be a, uh, another reason. Did you come today to hear something from God? Did you come today to let the Holy Spirit of God speak to your heart about something? Listen, he may be speaking to your heart about something that I didn't even talk about. But he brought it back to your mind and to your heart. And maybe he's saying, listen, you need to go. You need to come up here and talk to me about that. Then come. One person can make a difference. Don't be like these three. They, they have fouled up. You come and let God have his way in your heart. Father, help us. Lord, I, I barely got started this morning. God, we see Micah and his mother, Jonathan, Lord. Uh, they, they treated their home in a way that, God, that you uh, did not uh, seem fit. Lord, now they're, they are called upon a, a young a man by the name of Jonathan, a, a priest. And Lord, now he's, he's about to step completely outside your will. And God, I pray, Lord, today that you'd help us as your people. God, may we step inside your will. May we be used in a way that brings honor and glory to your name. Lord, I've, I've just kind of cut things off right here in the middle. But Lord, I, I, and I don't really know what to do about an invitation, but God, you know. And so, Lord, this is your time. Uh, Lord, this, this service, is this worship is your worship. So, Lord, if there's somebody here that's not saved, God, I pray that they'll come and trust you as Savior and Lord. God, maybe there's someone here today that stepped outside your will for their life and they're kind of doing church and doing life their own way and they're doing what, you know, they seem right in their own eyes. But, God, I pray that they'll come back and, Lord, say, Lord, help me, God, to get back into your, the center of your will and do things the way you'd have me to do. So, Lord, help us today. Give this invitation, Lord, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and... Sing.